Hey, this is Dan Quiggle with episode 10 of Garage to Goliath, Leaders Building Legacies podcast. In episode 10, you'll meet Shelly. She owns a destination management company in Southern California. Shelly's story is interesting because she owned her own company and then had an opportunity to merge her company with another one. I'm intrigued to learn that strategic leadership that she needed to merge two companies, how to build a company culture, and maintain it with offices in multiple states. So let's explore her strategy to have a service-first mindset in a high-pressure, high-expectation industry. How does she create value through her business? So imagine getting to speak around the world, meeting the most successful, positive leaders, then getting to choose from that group. That's what my show is about, learning from the best how to be your best so that we can challenge ourselves to lead with purpose, impacting lives and communities. Hi, I'm Dan Quiggle, and welcome to the Garage to Goliath Leaders Building Legacies podcast, where we learn, lead, and leave a lasting legacy. Joining me today is Shelly Archer, partner at 360 Destination Group. With an award-winning national footprint, 360 Destination Group is a leading full-service destination management company. Whether it's transportation, decor, entertainment, or the unique venue that helps you accomplish your goals, they promise a culture of respect, responsiveness, creativity, professionalism, and a true partnership. 360 Destination Group's roots go back to 1978, when the founders shaped the destination management industry. Today, they are a leading DMC and have offices all throughout California, Florida, and Chicago. Shelly, for my listeners, tell us more about you. How did you get into destination management? Oh, well, that's a long question or long answer, but um, a fun one, I should say. Um, started in um, as a tour operator in the St. Saint, uh, Thomas, the Virgin Islands. So I worked for a scuba diving school there, and I was a tour operator on the pier working, on, uh, working with the ships that come into port. And then I finally made the leap um, to ships, and I worked uh, as shore excursion manager on on cruise cruise lines for a number of years. And again, always working with groups and movement of groups, et cetera. At that point, I was able to uh, learn a little bit more about meeting planners and incentive trips that would come on board. And so once I was ready to kind of make the leap off ships, um, I went into um, that side of the world, which is meeting planning, destination management companies, et cetera. And so here I am. And so where did you do that? So you, you started in the beautiful islands, and then where did you end up? Uh, you mean um, from from St. Thomas? Virgin yeah, where did Island? you go? You, you were on the ships, and then where did you start the, the company? I'm just curious. Oh, okay, yeah. We started in Huntington Beach, California. Okay, and, and you were at that time. So what do you do? Explain to my listeners, like, what does a destination management company do? Yeah, so a DMC is, again, a destination management company. So we basically work with meeting planners that are bringing groups to the destination. And that may be a convention that's three or 4,000 people, or it may be a very small high-end incentive group um, that they're trying to reward for making their goals. And so we work with the meeting planner. We're kind of, kind of the quote-unquote local expert to be able to provide all the services that she needs for a uh, program once it's, you know, once it's here and it's operating, we're, we're kind of the boots on the ground. So you started the company. So who was your first hire? I'm just curious. Is, is that person still with you? Yes, actually. Yes. Um, it's uh, Brianna Sasa and she 
is uh, moved on to the other roles as she's moved into many different roles. But yes, she's still within the company and kind of now more on the accounting side, if you can believe that. But yes. And just because I love that you started it in the islands and you're you're working on the cruise ship and then all of a sudden you start the company. How did you fund it? Like, did it take a lot to get it started? I mean, because there are a lot of people who are listening right now who have this vision, this dream that they want to start their own company. Did you kind of start with something? Did you, you know, how did, how did you do that? Well, no, actually, Destination Management Company, we really are kind of, quote unquote, the broker in between the meeting planner and the services that she needs. So we basically find the the different vendors and operators to help um, with the program. So in with respect to a DMC, there's not a lot of capital, so to speak, that you need to come up with. It's a fairly unique um, business in, in that respect. So, you know, we we had some experience under our belt. We had some relationships uh, already kind of, you know, going. So we were able to kind of move um, sales along quite quickly and um, were able to just um, move into, you know, a sweet spot right away. Nice, nice. That's always good when that works out. So I, I want, so kind of three sections here, you know, the learning side of, of le- and then the leadership side and then the legacy side. And from a, a learning side, like what is your big why? What motivates you to persevere even through the malaise when, you know, tr- when there's trying times? Why do you do what you do? Yeah, it's, that's a good question. Um, you, you know, I kind of, I, I, I think you'll see a theme throughout maybe our discussion that I'm not a complicated person. So, you know, the why is kind of like, well, what's the alternative? You know, giving up, I guess you could call that perse- perseverance, I suppose. But really, what is the alternative, I guess, is always, uh, you know, I get up every day, I go to work every day, I work hard, I try to make good relationships. And, you know, but if you know, what What would be the alternative, I guess? Right. Well, but not even from a giving up standpoint, like, do you love what you do? I mean, do you feel like you're making a difference in, in society and in people's lives and the experiences that you create? Absolutely. I mean, I I think every day we're, we're trying to strive for that unique moment or that memorable moment. Um, we're trying to give people experiences, not just a, a tangible you know, a tangible, even a trip. It's not even about the trip. It's about that moment or that relationship that that may be created on on these trips. Um, but certainly it comes down to that experience. And we're always striving to kind of create that unique experience for that person or that group of group of people. Yeah, I love that. I mean, to me, life is all about experiences, right? You know, just yeah. whether yeah. it's seeing something you've never seen before, doing something you've never done before, or meeting somebody that you've Writing always, a surfboard. Right, right. Yeah, you know, right. what, whatever it is, whatever it is. So you and I, you and I met at Vistage, World, uh, Vistage Worldwide event. And for those of my listeners who don't know, Vistage is the CEO support group worldwide. Uh, they meet, they use each other like a board of directors. They you don't have to give out stock, but they talk about solutions and problems. It's, it's a really neat organization. Why is it important for you to be part of something like Vistage? What does lifelong learning mean to you? Yeah, I love the Vistage, the way it is set up, because you're constantly getting um, all different types of opinions, and you're being challenged as well. So to me, that is learning. I'm seeing other sides of the coin, so to speak. So for me, it's it's an amazing experience to be able to 
sit around a table and kind of quote unquote work a problem and then understand somebody else's opinion and, and recognize, hey, I never thought of it that way. And learning from somebody else's experiences and knowledge of what they have learned throughout the years as well. So for me, it's an invaluable the speakers are great. Obviously, Dan, you are great, but the speakers are great, et cetera. But I also get a lot out of the the experience of the other uh, members of my group and how what they bring to the table as well. Yeah, well, you know, it is interesting. I would say you're only as good as the people you surround yourself with. So you must feel great because you're around great people on a regular basis. And that matters, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, they're, you know, they're you know, I've been with Vistage only about um, a year and a half, but I already feel this really deep connection with um, with all of them, but certainly a few of them for sure, that I know that those um, friendships and relationships will go on into the future. And, you know, I, I, I value it immensely. So business aside, what are your personal values and how, how have those values served you in life? And do you think that you infuse those values into your business? Yeah, I, I I think some of the values, you know, personal personal things that really mean a lot to me, and it's changed over the years. You know, when I was young and I was going over, you know, off to St. Thomas the Virgin Islands, I think, you know, at that point it was about adventure, right? And now it's more about um, happiness, and and I try to I I try to be sympathetic and or empathetic and patient as well. So I think as I've grown as a person and become a mom as well, that really has infused some different values for me that I try to, to, to bring to the, to the boardroom table, so to speak as well. So I, I think I've changed over the years and grown and, and, you know, my values have morphed, but obviously in a, and I feel in a good way, but, you know, um, just just trying to be a, a happy person, uh, trying to bring humor to a situation, um, and being patient and empathetic, I think, are all the things that I've kind of grown into. And I look at that as happening in both sides of my life as far as personal and business. You know, I love that you say happy because I think it's, it's so funny. So often A-type personalities take themselves too seriously. They bow up. You know, and, and, and so I think when you are able to kind of step back and, and choose your battles and, and not make everything a battle, because if, if everything's a battle, nothing is special anymore. And, and in the end, people want to have fun. They want to enjoy life. And so if you can do that and do it with the people that you're working with and all kind of move down the track together, I think I, I commend you for having that as, as a priority, because I think a lot of people do well when that's the environment. So, Yeah, well, it's, it's funny because... Um, when we first started um, the original DMC um, many years ago, we had this kind of quasi tagline that was more internal, but it, our tagline was, we're smart people, we'll figure it out. And it, it kind of goes along with that humor and happiness. It's like, you know, we're, we'll get through it. We're going to, but we're going to have a good time doing it at the same time. Yeah, no problem too deep. I mean, we can get, we can get past everything, but you know, we just have to talk about it and communicate about it. So well, most often, you know, thoughts are a precursor of how we act and who we are as people. So what do you spend your time thinking about? Um, yeah, I, you know, I, I think I, I, 
trying to be proactive, especially in business. I'm all, I'm always trying to be proactive, trying to to <clears throat> help um, you know our you know help everybody in in understanding each other's views as well. Because especially at this level as a partner, um, I'm I'm you know helping different departments work alongside each other. And for the most part, we, you know, we do it great, but there's always situations where we need to try to understand each other's um, side. So I think I'm always trying to kind of, you know, look beyond and see how we can work, work better together um, and how can things be a little bit more smoother um, you know, as humanly possible. And it's not always perfect. So at least if you're headed in that direction, that's a good thing. So what is the one thing that you do deliberately? Is there one thing that you do deliberately and consciously to make, to help you get to the next best version of yourself? Um, I, well, I, I definitely try to kind of what we talked about earlier. I, I try to surround myself with good people. I try to surround myself with people that are really going to tell me, uh, the real story or the real answer. Um, you know, I want, I want to know what I'm doing right. I want to know what I'm doing, you know, not so right. So I think that's really important to me is to try to surround myself. And I, and I do that very deliberately, you know, I'll call somebody, um, to get their true opinion on something because, um, again, like I said before, I like to get lots of opinions and I, and I want I want the real deal. So I, I know I do that very deliberately. No, that's great. And, and you know, p- there's power in peers. I mean, you know, again, when you surround yourself with people that are going to be straight up with you, you know, you're not a sycophant. Tell me how great I am. Tell me how beautiful I am. Tell me how strong I am. No, but d- tell me when I'm wrong. Tell me when I need to be better. Tell me that I need to dream bigger. So uh, definitely uh, that's a great trait to have and, and a great direction to be heading. So what one piece of advice would you give your 20-year-old self and why? Yeah, I think it just take action a little more quickly. Sometimes like, you know, I, I as I said, I, I like to get lots of opinions. Sometimes it slows you down a little bit and sometimes you just have to go with your gut because most often your gut is, is in the going in the right direction. So I can see in my past where maybe, you know, taking action a little more quickly would have um, been a better road, a bit better, better way to go. Okay. All right. Fair. That's a, that's a great answer. So let's let's talk about leadership for a moment and be specific about leadership. So can you explain to me like what is your personal leadership style or or philosophy and and how did you develop it? Like how how do you lead and what does it mean to you personally? So what's your style? Yeah, my my I think my style is just being a real person. Just being a real person, being authentic, um trying to be um you know, trying to have empathy for others and trying to understand their situation. There's many things that we do at 360 deliberately um, because we want to have um, compassion for our our employees. So, for example, we have discretionary vacation, which means it's essentially unlimited. And it sounds great and it sounds almost like eye candy, but it, it really goes beyond that. What What the purpose of that was, was to to provide people flexibility so they can go and see their daughters um, play in the middle of the day, or they can, you know, go and, and, and do something that's, that's true, true and meaningful to them. And, and I go back to, I go to that and 
with respect to my style is because, you know, that's what's important to me is to be a real person, to be authentic, to, to be able to have the flexibility to have that work-life balance. And I want that for people under my organization as well. So let me ask you, because, I mean, it begs the question, though, have you ever had any abuse of that? I mean, has it caused any challenges along the way? You know, very, uh, we had, I had one instance and, and it wasn't, I, I don't think it, it was even intentional. It was just that something that got kind of away from someone. So actually, no, I, we haven't had any abuse and, but you know, that is really down to our culture of our company. You know, we, we kind of start with empowerment and trust within our organization. So this discretionary vacation really falls into that because it really is about trust. And, you know, everybody is kind of in charge of their own world, their own job and their own schedule, et cetera. So we have a lot of trust um, and a lot of empowerment within our organization. And so I, I, I feel very lucky in that we don't have um, problems with that because that's kind of part of our culture. See, and I love that. I'm, I'm, I have to tell you, I really do because, you know, it's like Patagonia. If you read about Patagonia, have you heard, ever heard the CEO speak? You know, they they support families. So they're like, bring your kids to work. I mean, they just have different philosophies. But I always I always love when, when CEOs or leaders of great companies or organizations look outside the box for innovative, new, fresh ways to incorporate family and personal life and and kind of so that's exactly what you're doing there. So again, just really excited to hear that and appreciate you sharing that with my listeners. Well, yeah, you know, it's it's also it, it's not it's truthfully it's not anything that I that we saw or learned. It really was more of an experience going back to being authentic. It's it's about the experience that we have um, or we want from our for our own life and our own families. And we, you know, want to kind of transfer that over to our employees and give them that as well. Yeah, but it's also the emotional intelligence to understand that that matters to people. I mean, you don't want to miss out on a, you know, parent-teacher conference maybe, or you don't want to miss out on something. And as long as you're getting your work done and you're doing the right things, I mean, I know I know different people have different leadership styles and, and, and the way, but I just, I really love what you're doing there because I think that we as leaders should not look at governments to tell us what to do or other things. We should be looking for innovative ways to... Uh, to be creative and and deal with the family situation and and try to be on the side of the families that that are that are working for us. So no, that's great. Love hearing that and appreciate you sharing that with us. So per, so personally, I'm trying to balance my in, eternal optimism with transparency. It's it's a process for me. So if you don't mind me, uh, you know, asking you to be transparent with my audience, you know, what have been some of the hardest times for your company? How how did you endure? What did you learn? And are you better because of those trials? Yeah, well, I have been through, you know, 9-11. And for the travel industry, obviously, that was significant, um, as well as the recent recession and, you know, 08, 09. Um, and that was a, a, a real big hit to our industry as well. So, you know, those types of situations... Um, we have learned that you you need to take action quickly to make sure that you're become you you remain viable and you remain a, a strong company. So that those have been very difficult times because you know at the end of the day we're still a small business and I know you know everyone's 
you know, niece and nephew's names and their cat's <laughs> names and things like that. So it's, it becomes very difficult and, you know, extremely personal. And, um, it's, it's, it's hard to go through those times because often, it, even though it was nothing I wanted to do, I had to let go really good people, um, because of the situation. And that was a hard thing to do. And I think in retrospect, um, you know, making those changes as quickly as possible. So your company is as strong as possible is kind of what I learned from that, even though it was, you know, bittersweet. No, it's a very painful process. And and going through it myself with my own company during one of those uh, downturns, it's, it's, it's painful, but you have to save the ship or, uh, you know, so otherwise the whole thing sinks and then everyone loses their jobs. So, Tough decisions, and yet, you know, hopefully you, you come out of it even stronger and, and with, you know, the good people that you were able to save. So so you had this company. You had your own company, and then you merged, and so you co-owned 360 Destination Group. So what is your strategy to effectively create a vision for the people and teams you lead? Like, how did you learn to effectively create a vision for others to follow, like, especially during that merger? I'm just curious about that. Yes, yeah, yeah. I think one of the most important things we did, and at the time, I don't know if we really knew it, but now looking back, I see that it was one of the most important things we did. You know, it wasn't just, it wasn't a marketing, it wasn't the logo, it wasn't, I mean, that added to some of it, but what we all did is we, the two companies kind of came together literally around a board table, a boardroom. And we took the different departments. So we have sales and operations and administrative, et cetera. And we came up with the best process, the best, best way to do it. And that was a real learning, you know, real interesting learning experience to see how one company did it versus another company. And then really learning from each other to decide what the best path was. And some, you know, sometimes there was some very heated conversations around those tables as to what is the best way to do it. But at the end of the day, we ended up very strong because we decided together collectively what was the best way to go from point A to point B. And we made these, you know, pretty, pretty in detailed flow, flow charts, so to speak, on uh, how a job should work and, and what goes into it and how we want to be perceived to clients and internally, et cetera. So it was a big job. And, but again, looking back on it, I'm glad, I'm glad we did it. Well, that's brilliant. I mean, come on, I, I, because, you know, what, what would some companies do? Look, this is the way it's going to be done, like it or not, this is the way you're going to do it. Instead, you get them to buy in and, and, and have a voice. And isn't that what everybody wants? I mean, just let me be heard. Let me at least try to fight for my side. And in the end, everybody has to walk away agreeing on kind of this is the best of both worlds and kind of the best route moving forward. I mean that is absolutely brilliant. Love it, love it, love it, and uh, and and I could see that that would create a positive outcome. So can you can you tell me a story in your life, maybe where you weren't leading well, and you said to yourself, "I have to change this so that I can lead better." Yes, I you know I've I've struggled with this in the past um, more so than now, but I, I kind of distanced myself um, from employees. You know, I kind of bought into that you can't be friends with them. And, and I still, to a certain degree, believe in that as well. But I, I had a, a distance, a buffer with people, and I wasn't really getting to know them as well as I think I should have um, and really cared about them. 
And I think it goes along with my maturity as becoming a mom. And again, just maturing in life, I've kind of just changed as a person and realized that these people are, you know, the backbone of, of this organization. And, and I, you know, truly care about them. So I think that in has changed for me, um, certainly in the last, you know, several years. And, and I think I look back and I, and I realized that I kind of was a little more short-sighted there and lost out on a lot of good relationships as well. Well, again, I mean, you know, it's okay to care, don't you think? I mean, don't you, to, to care and to get to know, I mean, you spend a lot of time with these people. I mean, you know, if we really want to be honest with ourselves, probably waking hours, more people, more time than we do our own families. So why mm-hmm. would you not want Definitely. to be, you know, get to know them and, and support them and have fun with them and, right. and encourage them and educate them and in turn let them educate you and learn some things along the way. So that's great. Uh, and, and by the way, since you did bring up, tell, tell us real quick, you, you have kids, ages? I do. I have two boys, um, eight and 12. Oh, so that'll keep you busy. <laughs> good good times, exciting times. So just go back to this, describe the one trait that you look for in your top people and why. If you had to choose one, I know that's, that's hard to narrow down, but if, and you, you know, if you can't, you can't, but if you can... What what one trait would you look for? I think I mean for me it just comes down to if 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 I can trust that person. So I think trust is a big one for me. If I feel like I would be able to rely on that person and trust that person, then uh, that that you know goes a long way for me. So to me it comes down to that one. I mean obviously uh, you know even humor and. Um, things like that will play into it. But at the end of the day, I really need to trust that person. Not a bad one. <laughs> just, you know, sometimes you're like, just do, you know, do what you say you're going to do or be who you say you are, you know, that. Uh, so, no, I appreciate that. So, you know, who do you surround yourself like? Who, who's in your kitchen cabinet? Who do you ask um, to speak to, you know, in, in your life when you have problems? Like, describe the type of people that you surround yourself with. Yeah, I mean, I, I well, I value my business partner um, tremendously. Uh, he's been, um, you know, a, an amazing, you know, pillar for me. Um, you know, just friends that I've had for years. Um, a gentleman that I've been friends with since um, my divorce that was, you know, one of those true voices for me that um, helped me through personally, but. Now he's just moved into just a, a, a tremendous dear friend that helps me in all types of different aspects. Um, you know, it might sound odd, but my dad, even though he's passed away, I think back to him a lot. Um, he was just a salt of the earth, you know, from Michigan. And, um, you know, the man just didn't know how to lie. I mean, literally he didn't know how to lie. And I think back to him a lot and how would he approach it? He was a business owner and that's kind of how I think I got the bug. Um, and, you know, how how would he answer that or how would he approach it? I mean, he's just kind of still in the back of my mind. How neat is that? Those Midwesterners, man, they're so good. They're so, <laughs> it's just in their heart. All my, you know, relatives come from, come from that part of the country. I love it. So, sorry, playing a quick game, uh, when you think about your business, what one word pops into your head? Uh, empowered. Trust and empowered. I know you said one word, but empowered, I think, goes to um, the heart of it, but also trust. 
Nice, nice. I love empowered. I mean, especially especially as a leader, because you know, a lot of times leaders are looking at me, 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 me. But when you empower others to do great things, great things can happen. Oh yeah. I mean, I, you know, a lot of people in the organization could run circles around me with respect to their job. I mean, I, I, you know, I can't pretend to to you know be superior to to some of the things they do. I. They 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 are the best in the field and um, are completely empowered to 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 do their job because you know I, I I'm just not a big micromanager. That's not how I operate at all. I don't feel that that is a recipe for success. And if you you know again if you trust that person, you empower that person, they're going to feel more fulfilled in their own position and they're going to do a great job because they know that it's their, you know, it's almost like their little mini company that they're, you know, that they're handling. So Shelly, thank you, thank you, thank you for saying that because, I mean, you really do have to give, you you hire these people for a reason, let them do their jobs. I mean, so often not, you have people that micromanage and, you know, sometimes we just need to get out of the way and let them do what they need to do and, and, and a, a, a lot of times the business can grow because of that. So what, how would you describe your company culture? What are the things you do to foster it? But how would you describe the culture, the actual culture of the company? Well, um, yeah, again, it kind of, you know, we have a resident, you know, a recurring theme here that the, the trust and the empowerment um, goes, you know, starts from the beginning. I mean, I know I talk about that right away, even in interviews. Um, how each individual is empowered to make those decisions. Um, you know, they're, they're empowered to make their own schedule because we, you know, we trust you. We know that you will make the right decisions. And also it goes back to um, they need to rely on their colleagues when, you know, when they're, they're out. So again, there's trust and empowerment all throughout. I mean, it starts from the interview I know I talk about that right away so they know what type of organization um, we're getting into. And I can remember one time I uh, was interviewing a gentleman that we ultimately hired. We still have. He's, a, he's our Santa Barbara AE. And I was talking to him about this empowerment and this different things. And he goes, "Do you can, can, can I just high-five you right now? <laughs> I just want to high-five you at the interview. So I thought that was a good sign anyways. But it was just a... a indication that, you know, people yearn for it. People want it, you know, and they just don't see it or hear it or get it from a lot of organizations. Yeah, they probably can't even believe it's real. This is actually really happening to them. (laughs) If given the opportunity, they get to do this. But then, you know, again, when you do empower them and they do make their own schedule, then they have to still perform. And so then they do it on their terms uh, when really, I mean, there's still goals that are set and things that they have to achieve. But no, that's, that's great. So what are the most important decisions that you think from a leadership perspective that you make in your organization? Do you think it is related to strategy, finance, or people? And why? Strategy, finance, or people? For us, it's people. I think it's the people that we have decided, um, you know, are, I feel like we have the best of the best. We have longevity greater than a lot of different, a lot of other companies in our um, industry. And with that longevity obviously comes with experience, et cetera. So I think it starts with uh, people. I mean, strategy and finance are obviously very important and they play a 
play a role, but if I had to pick one, I, I, I just, I can't, I, I can't say anything other than the people. No, I appreciate that. And, and I, I think that, so if you, what is the one thing that is critical for your company to have a competitive advantage? Like, how do you separate yourselves from other DMCs? Um, well, it's, I mean, DMCs hang their hat on creativity a lot because uh, we are always competing um, and, you know, bidding on programs and the meeting planner always wants the um, the most creative ideas. So, you know, creativity is a big aspect of, um, of our industry. However, um, oftentimes we're also trying to showcase the with with the with the meeting planner um our experience because we can be the most creative agency in in the world but if we can't really you know operate it flawlessly it really doesn't matter so we try to kind of sell both aspects of that um on a daily basis the creative side but also the the actual operations and the flawless operations, which goes back to experience, which goes back to our people and the longevity, et cetera. No, that's, that's great. And, and again, so when you have, and especially I've, I've had the unique pleasure of meeting you, but also then your partner, and I can see both personalities work really well together. So that experience plus that creativity, I'm sure is a power packed punch to, of success. So, so let's, let's move into legacy for a minute. So Shelly, as you may have picked up, in our time together uh, the other week, legacy leadership is important to me. So tell us what's left for you that you still want to accomplish. Like, do you feel like there's unfinished business? Yeah. You know, Dan, I have to admit, you know, I haven't, you know, really thought about that. And you kind of opened my eyes to that a little bit. And I mean, unfinished business, I, (laughs) it's such a, it's such a big undertaking. I, you know, I, what kind of legacy do I want to leave? Um, you know, is such a monumental question. And I, I guess I just want to, you know, give people, you know, just a, a, a great place to work that they felt happy to go to every day and that they knew at the end of the day that we were supportive of their, their life, you know, their work life balance. So, I mean, I'm, you know, my legacy, I don't know, I, I need some work on that. But that's kind of the direction I'm going that, you know, I just want to, I just, I, I said, at the end of the day, I want people to be happy. And I want them to be happy to go to work and, um, and know that, you know, that we really cared about them. No, I, I love that. And, and can't, argue with that goal. I mean, you know, especially anybody who works for you would have to be like, are you kidding? I mean, if that's going to be the unfinished business that you're going to talk about, that, that's not too bad. So what would, I know this is kind of an interesting question, but what would make you more fulfilled today? You know, if I had a real strong um, charitable kind of goal in my in my world or in my life, I think I, I've, I've kind of been you know, I've dabbled in all different um, charities and whatnot. And, you know, we certainly, I do things with my boys and we try to go feed the homeless and different things. And all of that is great. Uh, but I don't know if I have had one 
charitable component in my life that really resonates down to my core. And I kind of, I'm always kind of in the search of that. And I know that sounds odd, but I've always, I'm always kind of looking for that component. Like, what is it that I really truly believe in? And I would want to sink my time into, you know, when I have, when I have time, what, what could I sink my teeth into and really feel great about that? Well, I think that's a great question to to answer, you know, to think about and then eventually answer. And in the meantime, I mean, I have to give you credit. I mean, you're you're supporting families and helping them pay their mortgage and creating hopefully more jobs in society. And and I, I do view my life as like a, a row of dominoes lined up in front of me. And every day you get to kind of push it. And when you're nasty and mean, that's what goes down the line. But when you're positive and optimistic and forward thinking and you're a visionary leader and you dangle the carrot of success and opportunity, that's what goes down the line. So I feel like you know, if you're if you're empowering these people and really adding value to their life, I have a strong feeling, whether you know it or not, and, and I'm sure you do know it, that you know you're you're passing a lot of good, positive mojo right down the line of those dominoes. So that's that's a good way to live your life as well. So you know, I believe the role of business is to create value in society. Uh, from a business perspective, and I know we just talked personal, but from a business perspective. Uh, how does the business create value for society? Like, what is the company's big why beyond profit? Yeah, we, I mean, our our goal on a daily basis is to create um, memorable experiences. I mean, that is, that's truly what we do on a daily basis. I mean, we, 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 you know, some people have never been to California or they've never tipped their toe in, a, in an ocean and, and, you know, and, and even people that have been here maybe many times over, we want to try to give them a unique experience that they've never, that they've never had a, you know, once in a lifetime experience or something you couldn't do necessarily even on your own. So that is really the why for us is, you know, is, you know, creating that memorable experience that they go home and, um, and talk about and remember and, you know, and really, really look back fondly on if I, if I, if I can accomplish that, you know, once or twice within a program, uh, I feel like we've done a, an amazing job. And you know what? There's not a lot of companies that can actually say they do that. And then your, your, your company literally tries to do it every single day, like every day of your life, you're trying to make that happen. And for me, what an admirable goal, because think about it. Life is all about experiences. I'm, I am convinced the kids will not remember the gifts that they got five years ago for Christmas, they will remember every single vacation, every single experience, you know, when you traveled with them or hiked with them or camped with them or whatever it was. So no, I mean, what a, <laughs> see, you're actually very fortunate. I mean, you're actually very fortunate to be in a position where those are the kind of things that you were thinking about and worrying about, you know, are these people around me having the greatest time of their entire lives and are we creating that experience for them? So not a bad position to be in, Shelly. <laughs> It's a fun business. It's a fun business. It can be stressful for sure, but it is a fun business, and we have a we have a, a lot of uh, fun creating. You know, sitting around the t- table, being creative, and trying to think of new ways to, you know, to do a, a, like a quote unquote humdrum, you know, yacht cruise. Let's let's do something different with it. Let's make it special. Let's make it interactive and unique. So yeah, we 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 take every single service that we offer and try to flip it somehow to give them a better experience. So, um, and, and love that. I, I believe that, okay, so 
This is my personal thing. I, I believe that we ought to go through life with one hand extended up for help from those who are a little further along and one hand down. So who's the person? And you, you named a few earlier, but if you had to pick one, like who has had the most significant impact on you as a leader? Um, who, who's offered that hand down to you? Oh, my dad. I'd have to say my dad. And I've already, you know, talked about that before. Um, just, you know, the type of person he was, if I could, you know, if, if I can live into being even a portion of the type of person he was, then I've, I've, I've probably done a good job then. And, and I'm, I'm sure he was able to see some of your success. So he must've been very proud. You know, he saw a lot of my travels. I hadn't quite um, got back um, and been able to open my own business at that point. So unfortunately, he missed a lot of that. But he, you know, he was really jazzed and just, you know, in awe of my travel and my adventure side of it. And he was always so curious and inquisitive about, about everything. So I knew he was excited for me and I knew he was really happy for you know, and kind of living through my experiences and my adventures there. So that's, that's fun. That's fond memories to think back on. Yeah, no, definitely. Are, are there people in your life that you get to mentor? Or is it through the employees that you do that through the kids? Like they're, they're I mean, how, how, how do you view that part of your life? Yeah, I, I mean, definitely I, um, I, I do that. I hope within my organization, um, I, you know, I try to, you know, let everybody know that I'm, I'm there for them. And then I'm on their side. If they need me in a tough spot or what have you, I'm on their side. Um, I do also, I have done a lot of mentoring in the past with uh, divorce recovery workshops because I went through that myself and that was really difficult. And I've made some lifelong friends there um, with respect to that group on a personal side. So those are kind of the two aspects that I feel like I've mentored um, that I've, you know, helped people along and gotten to the other side. So you mentioned, you mentioned that, I hope you don't mind me talking about that for a second. So, uh, with the kids, with work, I mean, cause there, there are a lot of people out there who, you know, end up being that single parent going through that process. I mean, how has that been through the process? I'm sure it's hard and, and they're difficult, you know, cause you want to be present wherever you are. Um, do you mind um, yeah. mentioning, you know, talking about that for a second? Like how, how have you been able to kind of balance that? With the kids, with no, the I mean that's kind of you know if you think back of some of the things I've talked about, that's really the foundation, right? That work-life balance, understanding people's um, situation, giving them the opportunity to you know go to see their their kids uh, play or their kids' performance. I mean that's because that was in my life, and I needed that. I had to have it. Um, I was. And so I, you know, I, I forced that in my own life that I, I knew I was a businesswoman and I knew that was important, but really paramount in my life were my kids. And so I, I, you know, I had to, to live into that. And then I realized later as I grew as a person and a mom and a woman, I realized I had to give that to other people. I had to, cause it was so important to me. So it's really a portion of our culture, I can't say it's all me, you know, because there's other people that have contributed to our culture, but that is a huge staple of our culture is because that 
I wanted to give that to my employees because I needed that as a person. See, I feel like they're – like I get to speak on college campuses and I feel like I get these young women who are so bright They and they feel like they have to choose like a career or being a mom. And and so, you know, it is possible to do both and and – and I and I talked to them about that, but but I I would rather hear from you. I mean, so you know, is it possible to do both and be great at it? I I think it is, and I I think I know that it is. But I mean, from your perspective, I think without a doubt, and it's all what you want too. You know, my sister has a very successful marketing company, but she has augmented hours, and she is very strict with her hours, so she can accomplish both of those aspects as well. So you can create, you know, the the parameters that you want. And as long as you're, you love what you do, you're happy and you're motivated. I feel like you can be successful and it doesn't have to be, you know, eight to 8 PM, you know, it can, it can be whatever you want it to be. You can create any type of business with the parameters that you need in your life. So I I think that, I think people are just, thinking a little too shallow that way. I think that there are all types of opportunities and you can, you can make those parameters what they are. And then as long as, again, you're happy, you're happy and you, you love what you do, then automatically I know you would be successful. You know, Shelly, it goes back to this video. There's a video on YouTube called, uh, what do you desire by Alan Watts? Um, it's what do you desire by Alan Watts? And it's, a lot of people have done different videos to what he's saying because it's his voice, but essentially it says, find your passion. Master it, and there will be enough crazy people on this planet that will pay you to be the master. And it shows like, you know, a video game kid, and the next scene is him speaking in front of thousands of people, and a a snowboarder, and the next scene is him, you know, at the top of the hill, tattooed in sponsorships, and a dancer coming across the hall at Carnegie Hall, you know. And and really, that is what you've done. I mean, you start out in this, you know, with this career in, in on a cruise ship or in the islands, and then next thing you know, you're doing it for a living, and you enjoy doing it, sounds like. So, no, you you are exactly right. You create, you know, I, I would say you create your own destiny. Like, you know, you you build it and you, it, once you envision it, and, and if you spend your time thinking about it, look what's happened to you. So I commend you for that. So in that same vein, you know, in my speeches, and you've heard it, I asked the audience to answer the question, how will your children describe you to their children? Like, what was grandma really like? So what will your legacy be? So right now, Shelley Archer, in your wildest fantasy, how would you want to be described? Oh, without a doubt, uh, I just, I want them to know, I want, I would want them to describe me as fun, just fun. And, you know, just, she was, she was a fun mom and she was, you know, loving and all of that. But that's, I think, uh, automatic, but I, I, I just want them to, you know, I want us to have fun. I want us to laugh and have humor and that's such a a big one for me. And, uh, I try to, I try to be in the moment, you know, and I know that term is kind of overused sometimes, but I, you know, I just want to, you know, when they're jumping in the pool, I want to jump in with them. I, you know, I don't care if my hair doesn't get, or if my hair gets wet, you know, I just want to, I just want to ha- have fun with them because this time is so fleeting, you know, with, while they're little. I wish you could see the biggest smile on my face right now. I, First of all, because <laughs> I love the answer. But second, in my speeches, I ask for two words that I want people to have. I say, did you write fun on your list? 
<laughs> because that's a big thing. I mean, it's a long life without that. And I said, and did you write you know, the word love on your list? Because it's a long life without that. And, and, and you just, the first two things you said were, I want to have fun and lo- you know, love is part of that. And so I just, man, impressive, impressive, impressive. So Shelly, thanks for your time today and your authenticity. I, I, you know, and I really appreciate uh, the window that you've given us into what it takes to lead a successful company. So thank you so much for joining me and I really appreciate it. Well, thank you, Dan. I hope I was I was helpful to somebody out there. Um, you know, I appreciate you thinking that I was, um, you know, a worthy candidate. So I appreciate it. As oh, well. I, I think you. that's an understatement. Uh, it's incredible to see your growth all across the United States and the way you lead and the, the, your attitude is infectious. So congratulations and thank you again. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Please remember to subscribe to the show. Don't just listen, subscribe. This will help others discover us. And please, as a personal favor to me, write a review. When you subscribe to the Garage to Goliath podcast and write a review, it boosts our ratings. Ratings in turn help others find the show. Please also share this podcast with friends and family so together we can take our next Garage to Goliath step.